Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. It has been a little while. It took some time off, but I met up with a friend of mine on tour. His name is Brandon Croson, and I thought it would be a good person to talk to for the show. He's the director of The World Has No Idea, documentary about Michael Larson. You guys should know about him if you're listening to me. So I have a small part in the film and a slot on the tour, and we're going to talk all about it. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? Great. Uh, we just wrapped up a show here on the Rare Form Tour. And you Minnesota. guys killed it, by the way. I was loving that. Thank you, man. I was loving that. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Sometimes it's hard to read a weekday crowd, you know, and we just go out and play it just as hard and hope people feel it. Hell yeah. You know? So uh, I think tonight was one of those nights we're up there you don't really know and then afterward you know you're talking to people and and it was a good night so uh we felt we felt good about it um but speaking of tour i kind of want to just um cover the film i want to cover the uh the premieres you've been doing um as well as the film festival that uh you're working on um i guess a good place to start would be what is your origin in filmmaking? You went to school for it, right? Yeah, yeah. I have an associate's in screenwriting from uh, Minneapolis Community and Technical College. I actually won the Excellence Award from MCTC when I was there in like 2011 for a feature-length screenplay I wrote called Poor Man. Um, and yeah, I just, I love, I love film and video. It's my favorite, like, of all the different arts is my favorite kind of storytelling because it literally combines all the different arts. Like there's room for a little bit of music. There's room for a little bit of, of, you know, shot composition, et cetera, et cetera. So I went to school for, for screenwriting in particular, but you know, you kind of get a sense of the industry and what it's like, or for me anyways, I, I got a sense of the industry and what it was like and determined that I needed to do more than just write screenplays. If I was actually going to be able to, you know, to function in this business as someone that just, created for a living so you want, you want to be self-sufficient absolutely instead of trying to sell a script yeah because it's kind of like like selling a screenplay is like hitting the lottery to be honest with you you know what i'm saying yeah. like <laughs> it's all about it's, it's art so it's all about like what people like and what they don't like so you can write something amazing that like millions of people would love but if all the people that are making the decisions that you actually manage to get into their hands it's not something that's up their alley then you know it's like a singer trying to get a record deal or something it's like there's so many other people competing for that attention. Absolutely. How are you going to get through? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So that drove you to be covering all the bases. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so I write, direct, produce, I edit, I do visual effects. Um, I've got like, I, I can do insane stuff with after effects. I have green screens and 3d models and all this crazy stuff. I was actually working on a sci-fi, uh, before like, like two chicks in space. I've, three models of the ships, green screens and, and a, a set that we made, you know, prop guns, all this other stuff. Like we had it all laid out and was like partway through production on that. And then, uh, Kathy like okie doke me to do the idea doc. And I was like, guys, we're hitting pause. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears here because this is, I obviously want to do work that I write myself as well, but to be able to do your first feature film about your favorite rapper is still, still just like this humbling honor that I, I'm, I'm, grateful to have the opportunity you know? yeah so what had you made prior to this like short films or music videos or um 
you know, how did how did your material make it to Kathy's attention? Well, for creative stuff, I actually have an award-winning short film called April 13th that was an official selection of the Polygrind Film Festival down in, so it has world premiere down in Las Vegas in uh, 2013. It also won the Silver Screen Award at the Nevada International Film Festival that same year. And that's like minor stuff. It's not like I, it's not like it went to Sundance or, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, but still, it, that's, that's real. It did something, yeah. yeah. And on that, thank you. And on, and on that one, I was the, uh, the writer, director, producer, editor, did the visual effects and I played three different characters. Like, you Damn. know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm pretty serious about like me doing this for a living. You're on screen too then. Uh, just honestly, it was just for that project. Well, for that project. And then like, I've done some, some uh, comedic sketches for, for funny or die. You can find me on there. And like, I'm, you know, I'm in one of those, but I think you showed me one of those actually. Yeah. 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 So I've, you know, so I've definitely like dabbled in like short form stuff. And once like April 13 did pretty good. So I was like, you know, any filmmaker, you, you make your short film. If your short film gets any kind of attention, that's like, okay, that's my confidence builder. That was my, my dry run. Now I can, like, make a full-fledged thing that, you know, whatever. And uh, for my day job, like, I, I, I'm I very fortunate and managed to transition into just doing freelance video production for a living. Like, nice. off of, yeah, thank you, off of the stuff that I know how to do because I cover so many bases of it. So for a minute, it was just, like, me and one uh, someone helped me with audio and you know, we were just making web ads left and right. And now, you know, now I kind of do that myself. And, uh, I, I miss having like a reliable sound person. I hate having to cover like all the bases cause I'm human and you, you know, yeah. but, but it is what it is. And it's hard to find reliable people. So I, I like describe myself to others as a do it yourself filmmaker, basically. And, I mean, I, I get it because there's been so many times where you need to get the artwork done and you know, that's a whole nother budget or you need to get, you know, the mix done on the record. And I was like, these are all things that eventually I just learned how to do myself. I would hire people. I would watch their process, participate, guide on, this is the idea I have. This is how I want it to look or sound or whatever. And then, you know, I really try to understand their process in getting it out of my head and onto the screen or onto the, the record shelf, you know? And so I totally get that and and i think we have a kinship in that way like we hit it off right away when yeah, we met we a couple of years ago that was like uh yeah we're totally that that just fucking figure it out and go for it kind of yeah creative people you the, know that when we one of when we were lost in texas that time yeah you and yeah. i one of my one of my favorite conversations that i ever had with you that, that sticks out to me a lot is uh you were like you know man I'll be talking to somebody and they'll be trying to tell me a story about like coupons at the grocery store. And I'm so obsessed with everything that I'm doing as far as trying to get my career going that I don't even know how to have that conversation anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, I fucking, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. When you've got so many levels of things to worry about on your head, like actually this tour is a great example of that. Yeah. Like kind of on a tangent. Um, this tour is all rare form. We're just only doing the new group record. And there were a couple nights when people would be like, oh, hey, so-and-so's here. Why don't you do that song from one of your other records? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. You know, I'll do that. And like the, the two or three times that I tried pulling up one of my solo songs, I mean, this is shit I toured on just less than a year ago mm -hmm. and have performed like probably half a dozen shows this year. Yeah. I literally forgot my own lyrics to these songs, <laughs> like during the performance, like I am reaching the point where I have so many fucking albums. <laughs> like I left three that I'm working on that sets that I just learned and finished recording yeah. at home to go on this tour 
with a whole another one memorized, you know, yeah. to perform. And so just that one little curveball, like that never happened to me before. Crazy. So yeah, straight up, I can't have a regular normal life conversation sometimes. Yeah. Because I've got so much space occupied with, you know, the three records that I'm working on and the one I just put out that I'm having to perform every night. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how do you keep that straight? You yeah. know, uh, some people... Like like we're touring with Gradient, and he's spitting every word to every song of everyone on the tour, you know, <laughs> and and all these new records coming out, you know that he's that he's buying, and I'm like, I can listen to the new Aesop Rock a hundred times, not be able to sing along, can't do it anymore. <laughs> like this is just all layers of projects and obligations and right. you know lyrics it's like yeah it's an interesting thing when you've gotten to a certain point of in your work that's like literally i have no room yeah it's all this it's this yeah <laughs> everything outside of this is wasting my time like. and like i don't know if you felt like this but there was there were some years where i had to kind of compartmentalize life yeah. and take go okay look i know you guys want to hang out i like i know i just i gotta get this thing Absolutely. off the ground and i kind of distance myself from certain relationships cut myself out of uh you know some some recurring social situations find myself staying in more but all of a sudden cranking out so much more material and better material yeah and now here i am you know a few years after that going well yeah i don't really do much people yeah no kidding but you know my career is getting where i wanted it to go yeah like no, do, you, do you feel that in your life absolutely, too? absolutely yeah you definitely have to make a lot of sacrifices in your social life like i used to be uh something of a social butterfly like i was always like at parties and hanging out and had a million and one friends and now i have more more like business associate types than i have like close friends that i've known for years that i spend a bunch of time with like there's yeah. maybe two of them that I'm not blood related to that I hate. No, no, three that I'm not blood related to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's how it gets, man, when you're that focused on the path and, like, um, I don't know. I think if you're going to master your craft, you almost have to do that. I mean, there's, like, the stereotypical artist person who's, you know, the hermit who's weird and can't deal with people. Like, yeah. you don't have to be that but guy. That's how, but, that, but, like, there's a reason for that stereotype. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, know? you, you definitely, like, the, the thing that I, uh, the thing that I always explain to people is basically what I do is seven days a week of me locked in my basement in front of a computer yep. trying to get stuff moving and keep the machines in motion and figure out what I can do next and blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, you know, and then I stop. Okay, like, per perfect example. Uh, my girlfriend's um, brother, his name's Sean. He's a good dude. He comes up to me and he goes, uh, oh, man, it must be nice to sit at home and be able to, to do whatever you want whenever you want and blah, blah, blah. In regards to me being able to say stuff like, well, I'm self-employed. Like, that doesn't mean that I'm balling. Yeah. That just means that I don't have a boss technically and I have yeah. enough recurring clients and new clients that will come in and I'll do some video work for them. And I've been able to, I've been lucky enough to pay my bills doing that. Doesn't mean I'm balling. It really means I'm good at being broke. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that, that means I'm in crazy debt and, right. uh, you know, eating one meal a day instead of three you I'm know saying. to put this new project out right you know legit that that everyone's going oh yeah man he's just cranking out stuff he's doing so well like yeah the 
fucking hard. Bro. Right. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, struggle breeds good art, though. I feel like you know, like if you look at anyone that's, that makes music, uh, generally around the time that they're that they're really comfortable is when they start like falling off in general. Like, I agree. But even and and he's an extreme example. But look at like Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when he first came out and couple first couple albums it was like he's actually got something to say hidden in his little thing he's got going on that's kind of cool and then it's just like you know parties and i do drugs well yeah the thing i always say to people about him is that you know people love to hate him now but like he's the same dude the difference is that before he had success that hunger was really relatable yeah like i can be something i can make something of myself absolutely i deserve you know to, to do this because I've, yeah. I've worked for it, you know? Right. And, like, when he got it, then he was like, I am the best. I'm greater than... And it's like, no, wait, no. no you, you, you crossed the line. You got to yeah, keep it humble, humble. dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he didn't know when to reel it back in. Right, right. <laughs> so my, my girlfriend's brother goes, hey, uh, it must be really nice to, to sit at home and, and do what you want whenever you want and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what the difference is between me and you? And he goes, what? And I was like, you have a job that you go to and then you do that job and then you come home and you don't think about that job you don't care about it you're just like fuck that place you're done and you go to sleep and you wake up and you do some other shit and then eventually you got to go back there with me like labor laws don't apply yeah. to the type of shit that i'm doing you yeah. know what i mean like i wake up in the morning i have a crap and a cup of coffee and then i'm immediately on the computer working on eight different fucking things and i don't stop until it's time to eat something and spend a little time with the family and then go to sleep and do it all again immediately the next day. And even when I spend a little time with the family, like, you know, Lindsay's trying to talk to me about whatever stuff. The baby did this today. And I'm like, that's great. And I'm, but in my head, I'm thinking about like 10 different fucking things that aren't relevant to the cute thing that my son did that I missed because I was in the basement working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's no, I, what, I get it. It's, it's hard to be present sometimes yeah. when you are trying to be a. A, a one person company you Legit. know that's when you're the 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 sole proprietor the creator the marketer you know and everything in between it's like that's tough yeah it's tough to to just manage regular uh life sometimes i catch myself all the time like oh fuck i didn't hear the last five minutes of what this person <laughs> said like right like i gotta stop doing that yeah you know like, what's your name? I'm already on to the next thing. I was like, fuck, what is that guy's name? Right. He just said it 30 seconds ago. <laughs> ah, you know. Right. So, yeah, you, you, you put in uh, a lot of time and a lot of work, and then you made it into Kathy's realm. How? Yeah, so her, uh, we had some mutual friends. Her roommate, Michelle's daughter, Sydney, was my sound person for a lot of, like, the web ads and such that I was making. So mm-hmm. I'd known Michelle, Michelle and Sydney for years, and... uh you know, eventually at some point, like, so I'd met Kathy through them. And at some point she would actually let me record voiceovers for some of the web ads I was making in ideas old studio. And I'm like, yeah, a fucking huge idea fan. Like I've got all of his songs, like literally his whole catalog memorized verbatim type of fan. Like I'm that guy. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't big on concerts and stuff. I was never much of a scenester, but every lyric, like, <laughs> like I know, you know, I know my shit. So she, you know, we developed a friendship and she let me record voiceovers for the web ads I was making in her basement. 
and we kind of hit it off from there. And then one day she came to me and was like, Hey, can you, I've got a bunch of old idea concert footage. Can I trans, can I get you to transfer that from VHS to digital? And I was like, of course. And she's like, well, what would you charge? And I was like, nothing. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, thank you for the opportunity to have this on my computer. I get to watch this first. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Absolutely. So, you know, so I did that for, and then, uh, and I'm looking at the the then and now DVD. It was it was stuff that was gonna be for something after the then and now DVD. Okay. I think I kept saying it was the then and now DVD, but she corrected me on that one day. And I was like, oh okay. So she just has that sitting somewhere. There's a there's a ton of shit sitting. There's a ton. I've got. Uh, I don't want to brag or anything, but I've got, <laughs> but I've got over ten hours of uh, freestyle footage from Ideas Studio from 2001 that they would do like once a month over the course of that year that like fucking no one's heard. That awesome. is amazing. It's amazing. And but, that's that's audio or video or both? Audio. Cool. Audio, yeah. There's a bunch of there's a ton of old concert footage and stuff too. Uh but you know, I was I was very thorough. She cause we cause we'd already like developed a friendship, like, you know, before that had happened, um, you know, like we'd had a couple of drinks and a couple of laughs and, and she she trusted me, you know what I mean? So yeah. when she okie doke for me doing the doc, she let me go through like all of his old stuff, like like hard drives and backup CDs and like I got to look at like Oliver Hart is literally my favorite album of any album ever made and I'll say that to anybody any, yeah. you know like that's I really feel that way about it it's fucking amazing and then and then when I, I and I always felt that way and then I found out later that he did all of it himself like he made the beats for that yeah. and blah 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 and yeah. that just makes me appreciate it even you, more like you hear it in shit. a totally new light when you're like wait that, seriously no all the beat oh my god like right, how right like, how is he that good at that too? Like Seriously. he does everything. I was almost upset when I found. That. I'm like, no, no shit, like, no shit. <laughs> how, how dare you have that much talent? No, sir. not even that. Not even that. But like, he puts out like a perfect album and then like never makes beats again. Yeah, you know, what just the like, fuck? Yeah, I could do that. Mic drop. Move on to the next thing. You know, like now that I've proven my point. Cool. Now I'm gonna start a punk band. Peace. Great. You know, like, <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Legit. Hell yeah. Oh, you'll you'll love this. You're you're a music maker. So I got to go through every. Uh, all the different drafts of songs for Oliver Hart because he yeah. would like save them on backup discs and I, you know, so I could like assemble it through. I didn't have the software that he had, but I was able to just like import the stuff and figure it out and uh, be able to see like step by step and have it all like laid out in front of me and whatnot. It was like like a kind of reverse engineer it basically like the beats and everything and and that was a cool experience. But there's a sound that I've been trying to you know like in the early part of the the CD where it's like a mixture of different like kind of samples from movies and different music and mm-hmm. like no nobody makes their own fun you uh, if you don't make your, your everybody makes their own fun if you don't make it yourself it ain't fun it's entertainment that that kind of part yeah uh somewhere in there there's a sound that for the longest time i couldn't like I'm not, i i would fail at trying to describe the sound yeah but it it sounds original and it's one of those things where you hear it and you're like what goddamn instrument is that i don't yeah understand yeah and it's uh it was an, a fucking acoustic guitar riff played in reverse <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah just like that shit's awesome yeah genius dude was a genius like seriously like when you like i got to as i got to dig into more into it it was just like you were just insanely like i knew that you were dope and then i got to see it up close more through all of the research and, and the and the everything and holy shit yeah it's great to be able to deconstruct a song like that i mean i i love books and documentaries and that stuff that you know really takes you into the behind the scenes on a record so when the artist isn't around to do it anymore you know that's that's got to be a crazy experience to take that on i felt lucky like it was it was obviously really time consuming but you know i'm i'm 
it's my favorite rapper. So I'm yeah. really, it's something I'm really passionate about. And I've literally been walking around telling everybody that I knew that idea was the best rapper on the planet my whole life, basically. So I feel like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like right? to get an opportunity to do that. It's like, thank you. You know, it's somebody gets into <laughs> your car and you're like, Oh, have you heard this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Seriously. So, uh, how did you go then from the archiving process to making the film? So we, so was that, was that something that she had already wanted to do? Yeah, that was something she wanted to do because she wanted me to go through it and see what, what was what and what could be used for stuff and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, and then also for the film, like I kind of asked specifically too, like I, you know, like, cause for me, I wanted to find, like, if you look at the web series, for example, right, there's a lot of stuff that I do where I'll take a clip of him, uh, doing a song or whatever and I'll like animate a face, a still photo of a face. Yeah. Um, cause I really tried to make the documentary in a way to where I, Mikey got to tell as much of his own story as possible. Like that was kind of the goal for me, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of archive footage of, of, of him actual like interviews, performances, freestyles, whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that yeah, I, I enjoyed that when you do the little like, you know, TV fuzz and cut to an old clip for a second to kind of like expand on what the interviewer just said you know I, you. I like that stuff thank cool. you very much yeah man i spent a lot of time on the edits i was really like i tried to make it so they all like transitioned in a way that you know that progressed the story yeah it has a good flow to it thank you excuse me but he uh yeah so so i was i did it because i was really looking for a lot of a lot of audio without the music so that i could animate the faces because it's easier for the computer program that i used to do that to you know not have music in the background you're trying to get it to copy words yeah but uh, yeah. But it, man, and it was just I don't know. It was an honor, and I'm still like weird about it. Like right now, she's actually got me. Uh, after the film, after we're like done with the tour and we're selling copies and blah blah blah, we're we're talking about uh, doing poetry books because you know yeah, she's yeah. got. He's like, had a bunch of them uh, that they would just hand make. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was selling them at a, a Christoph sadistic tour that he was on. And he's like, yeah, I made this with my grandma. I'm like, well, no, no shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> got a hand in everything. So you guys are going to actually make a, a new series of those? Yeah, because uh, like we I actually in my house in my basement that is my little work dungeon right now. I have a bunch of notebooks of his, including ones that he actually wrote, like the song lyrics to the the stuff, oh, man. And, like those notes. Like I've got, there's a picture on uh, on the film's Facebook page right now where it's the opening to one from Firstborn. The he kicks and screams and scratches at the time as it slowly passes by, and all of that, and it tells like man. where the beat stops and this is the chorus and blah blah blah, like his little notes on the side and everything. Yeah. I've got that page. And like the book that it came from, you know that's I mean? awesome. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out like that'd be great to have it like in his own handwriting. I mean, I know you guys actually did make a font out of those books, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I because I started I started just photocopying all of them, uh, and that's been a process. Like I'm, I'm only like a, a fraction of the way through, and I'm I'm always so damn busy. But whenever I whenever what I'm doing isn't you know whenever I have a spare minute to do that, then I'm photocopying stuff too. But yeah, the plan is to release. Uh, poetry books at some point that are just literally photocopies of his books. So as I got like a couple of books in, I was like, well, I could totally just make a handwriting out of his font or a font out of his handwriting, excuse me, 
call me a weird fan, but I was like, I think that's badass. I think that would look cool on a poster. I think that would look, I think it gives it a, a more personal touch because like, it's about this person. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the details that make a difference when Michael's not here to make his contribution to it. You know, you want to talk at all about the making of the, the film in that process. Um, what, what was that like? I know you spent some time with Slug and and other, uh, you know, family and friends. Yeah, yeah. Interviewed a lot of people. I mean, it was cool. It was a learning experience. You know what I mean? Like, they were able to, like, kind of fill a lot of holes for me, and I, and I was able to get people to expound on certain things. One of the things that I've gotten compliments about, I keep getting compliments about in regards to the film, is that everyone that was interviewing, you could tell they were coming from a real personal place. Like, I'm a professional at what I'm trying to do, but I keep my demeanor as so chill and low-key that I think it was it was helpful in, in, in getting people to, like, you know, cry on camera and, like, share, whatever. Because sure. a lot of documentaries, like, I don't know. I just, I think there's a really, like, dry style to it, but I, I tried to do it in a way to where the people that were getting interviewed could, like, open up and felt free to do that and I think it really shows like you know like we definitely try to make it in a way to where Michael gets to tell as much of his own story as possible but at the same time like you know there's there's a lot of moments where you can tell people are just legitimately uh, grieving I guess is the term yeah well and having been in one of those conversations with you yeah. um, and we had just met like the day before or something yeah um, I think that there was just a a respect that everyone had, like everybody, all the artists in that house that were going to do the interviews, you know, there was a respect for Michael and for the project at hand that we're, if we're going to participate in, you know, telling our side of, of his story, yeah, that it's got to be real, you know, and do him justice. And it felt like a real conversation. It didn't feel like regurgitating a, a a script it's not like we had talking points that right. we had gone through or whatever it's just like you know what were your experiences and then you just kind of reliving that in your head you know like i don't know i i enjoyed that that weekend you know that Ditto. everybody was there doing that and i felt like it was uh yes it was emotional but it was also cathartic in a way just to be able to recall those stories again you know and and you can you could see that that people loved looking back on those days whether they're talking about breakdancing or him bringing up a a young artist or whatever like everybody had that excitement like they were living through it again you know in their head and that that, that's what i like about is is seeing the um the raw energy is still there absolutely you know like 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 terrell says uh, uh he's a dude you still refer to like in the present tense because yeah. it's like he made that much of an impact on people. Yeah, no kidding. You're still like current with shit that happened years ago. You yeah. know, it feels like it's right now. And I, yeah, I think that shows through with everybody. Um, yeah, dude's got a huge legacy. You, it would it would surprise you how many times I get an inbox from someone asking how they can see the film in India, and I'm like, yeah. what? Like I li- like that literally happens at least a couple of times a month, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't think the numbers are solid enough in India to like come out that way and do a screening but yeah. it's still amazing to me <laughs> that there's enough of you <laughs> yeah it's great that the music has such a reach man yeah crazy so india you spent a long time once the film was finished 
to do a lot of submissions to get the film seen and premiered in in some film festivals. Yeah, yeah. The first premiere was here, right? Yeah, we did the world premiere at the... We got picked up as an official selection of the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Film Festival. That's like the oldest film festival in the state. It's literally our biggest deal. Awesome. Yeah, so that was, that was, I was kind of proud of that. I was like, all right. Like, I, I, well, it's one of those things, because I'm making my first movie about my favorite rapper, so to me... I need to like get it all the you know all the way to the top. I need to whatever. So so I literally had to have a friend of mine who a friend slash business associate of mine who's got like a few feature films under their belt that's that you know makes a decent living doing that kind of thing. Uh, tell me, you know, what are you upset with yourself about, man? You got to take states before you take nationals. Like, why are you? Even yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> You yeah, know, right. like, what do you want from life? Like, and I was like, yeah, I guess that's okay. That that you know, I'll take that. I suppose. So, uh, no, but it is the biggest one of the states. That is that is really dope, and it was an honor to play there. And we sold out uh, the we sold out the world premiere, and then we did a second screening. And we sold that out too. They actually had to move us into the biggest auditorium they had. So that's kind of cool. You yeah, know that's what I mean? awesome. Like, man. That's a lot of love, man. This he's got a lot of fans. So that happened, and then we also got picked up as an official selection for the New York City Hip Hop Film Festival at the uh, National Black Theater over in Harlem. So that was cool. We did a New York premiere there. And uh, it people literally wept, like literally wept at the New York premiere and during the Q&A talking to me and Kathy afterwards and whatnot, like a woman like broke down into tears and, and her and Kathy hugged and the staff brought the lady, you know, tissue and stuff. Like it was a really emotional thing. And it speaks a lot to how what made ideas so so dope is he made music that really spoke to your soul you know what i mean like like for me as a fan every not every i'll say about a dozen of his songs like impacted the way that i viewed something about my life or the world and made me address it differently and strive to be better at it like like man versus ape literally makes you look at moments where you're like okay am i overreacting and being angry because i secretly want to bash everyone's skull in because i'm a human yeah. or am i am i still running on my reptile brain yeah. like yeah legit yeah. like he he makes songs that literally make you think about that kind of thing and so it's a lot of his fans like it's not you know it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, we're going to miss out on the next dance, whatever the hell crap that's going to play in the club. No, like his, you know, there's even, there's a lyric of his that sums up why his music was so good, specifically, I think. And it's, uh, never pay the piper if his songs can't make you cry. Boom. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. I mean, he's a dude who got a lot of attention rapping extraordinarily well, you know, yeah. and, and doing the battle circuit and all that. And then when you buy the record, and he had a pattern of doing this where he would throw you a curveball every time. Like, the new record's coming out, everyone's like, fuck yeah, I want to get those bars, man, you know? And it's always the other thing. And, you know, follow up to E&A, by the throat. And, you know, like, (laughs) like, you know, he's just always um, coming at it from a different angle. And so when you hear a record like Oliver Hart, you know, and it's got so many layers, so many styles, and I can sit down and play for uh, you know a classroom, step by step, or something. Yeah. And you you can have a, a you know a whole intellectual conversation and break down the story and the lyric, or whatever. And that's shit he wrote when he's like 15 years old. You no know? kidding. Like that is music that lives on. And then on top of that, every fucking person 
whoever met him yeah did not get the big braggadocio rapper guy right he introduces himself by his real name he looks you in the eyes when he talks to you he cares about people and it's so widespread like every fucking where i go people still come up to me and be like oh crush kill you know like i met idea at this show back in 07 and whatever and and like everyone's got a story that mirrors my experience as well yeah like everyone does and then you meet kathy and it's like oh that this is why (laughs) this is why he was so great as (laughs) she has such a big heart man yeah they're both just so caring and they just bring people in and they are real with them they are vulnerable with them they can it's no question to me like the more i started moving in on on this circle being a part of this extended family yeah it's no fucking mystery yeah no kidding. why people would break down in the q a you know yeah. because that like that is a rare quality for any artist to have to be able to break through to you and make you re-examine maybe your own life. Absolutely. And then when you meet them, you have the same, if not deeper connection. Yeah. That is a rare thing, you know. So I think, like I said, it's just no surprise to me that, yeah. that it's still affecting people the way it is, losing him. Legit. Um, and um, you've had a lot of demand in a lot of places, and so... Now you've done a couple premieres, a couple festivals, and uh, won an award too. That happened. We won an award. Was that was in it, New York or no? It was well. The whether or not we won an award from the New York Film Festival, we'll find out uh, August twenty eighth. Okay. So I'm still waiting to hear back about that. But we already did a screening there. We were in we're an official selection of it. If we do win something there, we might maybe possibly get on fucking netflix so here's hoping you know what i'm saying that'd that'd be amazing man (laughs) right that'd be a whole lot of happy fans who don't have to comment when are you coming to my city (laughs) seriously oh every day that happens but yeah no so it's a spotlight documentary film awards gave us a platinum award which is our highest honor so that's pretty cool awesome yeah yeah you know it's it's uh one more one more little notch in the belt to be like no look this is a legitimate piece of art that's actually a thing so yeah. so you're uh you're taking this show on the road. Yep. Um trying to hit as many cities as possible this fall. Is that the plan? Well, the idea is to do as much of the West Coast and uh Midwest and it it sounded like we're going to do a few Canada shows too for uh yeah, of of with a bunch of events where the movie plays. Then there's a few where the movie's going to play by itself too, but like in Albuquerque, we're in Albuquerque and Los Cruces, New Mexico, the movie's going to play solo and in uh Des Moines, Iowa, the movie's going to play solo, but everything else we've been booking, we've been setting it up in a way to where the movie plays followed immediately by a concert with, you know, artists that knew them that are in the film, such yeah. as yourself. Yes. <laughs> Coincidentally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I think that's going to be awesome. I've never, I've never seen a tour quite like it, you yeah. know, kind of a multimedia show where people buy a ticket to the film, they buy a ticket to the show. Um, you know, it's going to be, uh, uh, on all dates, it's going to be, with um, DJ Abilities and Carnage the Executioner. And then on a lot of those dates, I'll be opening up the show yeah. um, as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, I... You know, we're kind of like somebody somebody else that I know that makes indie film was telling me, uh, I took this as a compliment, and, and, and you should too, that's kind of why I'm sharing it, but he, they, okay. he was like, you, uh, so, you're ta- so a movie and a concert tour. And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, 
So wait, wait. So it's a movie, and then it's a concert, and that's like you're just doing a tour. Like, and I'm like, yeah. And he was like that. Like no, like name something else that's done that. Like you yeah. realize you're just making a thing up, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> it's fucking like... punk rock, man. It's DIY. Oh like, yeah. Like people want to see the film, you bring the film to them. Goddamn like, right. You guys want to see it? Well, we tour all the time. Let's fucking do it. Boom. You know, like, Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I I love the idea. Um, people are gonna flip yeah. to be able to watch the film and then go and see the the you know the artists like. You know, Carnage is in it a lot. Yeah, you know, no kidding. And and obviously abilities, but um, yeah. to be able to watch the show and then afterward go and see the performances, that is the shit. Like, you know, if I wasn't involved in that, I'd be commenting on your show. <laughs> when you come to Eugene, man, right. come on, I want to see that shit. Hell yeah! Like, uh, yeah, it's a cool idea, man. I think it's gonna be really fun. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. So uh, uh, before we wrap, I want to also talk about your own creation um since you've now spent a solid year or so dealing with the film festival circuit you created another thing of your own yeah yeah world on fire film festival man basically so you know i uh i got into a couple of film festivals won an award blah blah blah. got some some press some press but i got more more promotion for the film just based off of people that were idea fans that had uh you know podcasts like yours or radio shows or you know whatever zines and blogs and that kind of stuff absolutely yeah so so just off of that off of that tiny bit of a network with the right people like i kind of have a platform to promote films in a way that a lot of film festivals don't um you know like it's not it's not like don't get me wrong it's not like the film is is uh like a indie blockbuster or nothing but sure we're definitely for being a twenty thousand documentary or twenty thousand dollar documentary we're definitely holding our own against six and seven figure films if you look at like what the shit that we're doing you know what i mean so yeah. um yeah um, there's there's an audience built in at this point hell yeah thank you so um so just using a lot of the people that i've met over the course of that whole process and then networking with the parkway theater uh i was like well i i know what it takes to run a film festival is pretty straightforward you have them submit, and then you pick out the best ones, and then you give those ones promotional opportunities. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, and this is an online film festival, right? No, no. We've actually got the Parkway Theater down. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. 350 seats. I got to figure out how to fill those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, they were really, they were really, I, I reached out to a lot of theaters locally, but the Parkway was super receptive about it. They were just like, yes, we love everything about this and blah, blah, blah. We're doing a, uh, the the Minneapolis stop. You're you're gonna be doing like some other stuff you were saying during that time, but the Minneapolis stop of the uh the film slash concert is gonna be at the parkway too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. That must be in October, early yeah. October. October ninth, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll be missing that one. But yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Oh yeah. Where can uh where can people find out about is it too late to submit if if there's no, other artists out there, filmmakers? No, sub- submissions are still open. Yeah, submissions are still open. It's uh we've because when you do a film festival, you have to submit in phases. You you know you kind of raise the price closer to the actual thing. So right now we're like in the middle of the row, but yeah, no, we're 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 taking on stuff and we're looking at at the stuff that's getting submitted to us. And so what what, been, what do you want from from people? Do you want short films? Do you want feature length? Do you want music videos? What do you want? That's get? what I was gonna say. We're 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 literally looking for a little bit of everything. Okay. So we've got a music video competition thing going on. Crush Kill's doing that. Crush Kill is judging that rather, and uh, they're working on 
how that's going to look and uh, what the benefits of that are going to be, etc. But um, they're going to be throwing a lot of promotional support behind whoever wins that thing, basically. Nice. Yeah. And then... Uh, I would enter that if it wasn't just a conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. Right, right. Uh, Carnage is sponsoring it in the, in the terms of he's down to let someone... He's going to... I'll hit him with a list and be like, these are the award winners. He'll watch however many he's uh the ones that stand out to him the most pick a filmmaker that filmmaker gets to use one of his songs for free in their next film nice boom yeah yeah and so there's a lot of uh oh and here's a good one so i got a best so funny story about me my mom's gay you know Mm -hmm. decided i wanted to give a best lgbt film award for my film festival and fresh fruit is the longest running uh lgbt radio show in the u.s period and they're uh over at kfai who i do like a ton of interviews with all the time now about that's, different that's stuff. based out of here yeah based out of here okay. in minneapolis and st paul yep uh they've, they've got a tower in minneapolis and st paul but they uh so fresh the the host of fresh fruit are going to judge the winners of that and give out uh that award the best lgbt nice. film. yeah that's a, that's just expanding the audience even more for these underground filmmakers absolutely yeah i'm really just i feel like i was fortunate in in regards to the success of my doc so i kind of i'm using the network to really just look for other people that are trying to do film and video that are that are talented but underfunded and not meeting the people that can actually like you know put them on the radio to talk about their film or that's that's the best thing man this is why we get along like the guy that just walked out of the rv right there that is gradient he is a talented young artist i'm excited for that movie man that I fucking love his shit, and he hadn't gone on tour, and dude, come out with me. We'll, yeah. we'll do some shows, you know? And I think it's so important to put people on like other people have done for us. Exactly. When we're yeah. struggling to do it. No so, kidding. Like, the film festival thing is the shit to me. Thank because you. Because that, that's just one more opportunity that some aspiring artists isn't going to have yeah. if we don't put it there. No kidding. You know? Yeah. You, it's hard, man. You and not like we're the shit or anything. Right. But we we worked at our shit like we said, you know, sacrifice for it, struggle yeah. for it. You put in that time. Paying some bills with know? it at least. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go, okay, cool. I'm getting a little bit now. Yeah. Let's spread the love. Like yeah. that's Absolutely. That's the way I see it, and I think it's awesome Hell that yeah. you're doing that. Thank so. you very much. That's that's literally that's literally what it is. Like, there, and and then too, I so I was talking to like, uh, well, whatever. I was talking to some of the cats at Rhyme Series about this, and I when I kind of broke it down to him, I was like, I feel like what helped you guys with what you were doing uh, a lot, like a lot, a part of the reason of your success was, was yeah, Rhyme Series was sound set. Like that helped you so much because you've got an event, you're you can network, you can figure out who to put on. You've got a yearly thing. You have a to tangible promote. thing that people can go to. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So the uh, so for me, looking at what I what my life goals are now and what I want like my time to be spent doing. I want to make Minneapolis a bigger film town. I want there to be more indie film done here. Period. Because I'm not moving out west. I'm just not. Like, yeah. I got a house that was given to me that my grandma bought in that neighborhood. And we were, like, the first, the second black family to move into the whole thing. Like, you know, no, it's history at this point. I'm staying here. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I'm going to, um, I, I want to create more opportunities for film. And that's one of the ways I'm going to do it is by having a thing that happens every single goddamn year by which I promote other underfunded but talented filmmakers. And if you're local, I mean, you know. 
that helps. I'm not gonna, like, yeah. I'm probably, probably gonna be a little biased in your favor. Like, well, uh, I can tell you that uh, me personally, representing Take 92 Music, it's a pleasure to have you on here and help grow that. Thank you. Um, you know, not that I have a big audience, but I took a break for a little while. This will be kind of my comeback episode, so hopefully we get a few more, uh, you know, plays because of that. Yeah. Um, people wanted to dig back the layers and hear where you're coming from on all this stuff because uh, people have been seeing trailers and getting excited for the film. And, um, yeah, I just think it's rad and that people need to know that if you're making stuff and you're putting it on YouTube and and whatever, showing your friends, you know, these projects that, like, you know, there's there's something out there for you that you can get your stuff seen. Yeah, there, there's know? a niche for everybody, man. You just got to grind and and make that niche you know yeah cool well uh, uh appreciate you taking the time to chat with me is there Thanks anything else me. that you wanted to touch on with the film that we didn't get to or or, or the uh, tour or anything uh check out the world has no idea.com to find where all the events are and all that good stuff cool yeah and that that kicks off on september 1st in denver yeah september 1st we're doing denver and then uh we're going all the way through October at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like all over the place. It's crazy how how fast stuff's coming in. It's uh so September first is going to be Denver, Colorado. September second, we're going to do a second screening of just the film because we sold out the show on the first and the theater was down. Uh, September sixth, we're hitting Albuquerque, New Mexico, just the screening of the film. Los Cruces, New Mexico, on September seventh, just the screening of the film. Phoenix, Arizona, on the ninth, it's going to be another movie slash concert, like in Denver on the first. And that's when we kick off the leg of the tour that I'm on. Yeah, yeah. yep. So that's, yep. that'll be the first one that you're, you jump on. And then it goes Phoenix, Vegas, L.A., Fresno, Oakland, Seattle. Well, if you're listening to this in my neck of the woods, um, there's we don't have a lot of promoters left in, in Eugene and Portland and those markets. If you want to bring the film and the tour to my state, I want it there. You know, I want to be able to show my friends and family like this is an artist that that I totally would not be doing what I'm doing right now if I hadn't heard that as a punk rocker, you know, in high school. Like, like I want people to hear this story and to see the film and to see the tour, obviously. Um, I, I think that'd be the shit. So if somebody is listening, you want to promote an event, sponsor an event, host an event. I mean, we got to know people. It's silly that we can't do this where I live, where people ask me, oh, when's the tour coming here? Yeah. Well, guess what? No one's invested in it right now. Yeah, no kidding. So, it's so, so let's hard get someone Oregon. invested in this show in Oregon and, and make this happen. We want a premiere in Portland, a premiere in Eugene. We want something in, in Salem. Make that shit happen. In Bend, let's do it. Oh, yeah. we, can, we can pull this shit off, you know? E and A used Legit. to come through and and do us the favor of playing Eugene. Everyone skips. They go from San Francisco to Portland. <laughs> San Francisco to Portland. Right. Guess what? E and A hit us every time. Let's pay them fucking back and get the goddamn film in Eugene. Hell yeah. That's what I want to happen. I'm down. So listen up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, yeah. There's uh, a lot of dates. Too many to rattle off. But um, the world has no idea. Tour and screenings are coming up beginning September 1st in Denver. Hit up the website, theworldhasnoidea.com, for all the dates. Thank you again. Thanks for, for having uh, me, man. Being on the show. Hell yeah. 
Thanks for tuning in, listening to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. A little insight to the man who made the movie about the man who influenced so many of us. Brandon's a super cool guy. I'm going to close out with a song that is played during the credits at the end of The World Has No Idea. This is a young idea featuring Seize Mike's Joey Alpha, Carnage the Executioner, and yours truly. I've decided to take my destiny into my own hands. You probably can't understand, but for me life is bland and I have this constant hollow feeling. Days are cold, dark, and filled with sorrow. Raining clouds from under my ceiling. Dealing with it all would take a person very strong. By the time you hear this, I will be gone. Along with my existence will be a way of life for many. I gave some substance knowledge and in return was used to make a petty penny. They defeated my purpose, deleted my work, and cheated me, seated me underground and wound up bringing me to the surface. They've corrupted my image, made me a negative influence. The shady world has been abusive ever since I came into it. Put here with no role models, no one to follow. I've been contorted, aborted, recorded, distorted, shorted. I forfeit against life. I'm a morbid maniac, forced off this rough course, breaking the boards and making my own door. So don't be sad when I leave, because I know this is right. I can't take it, I can't fake it. I'm sick of life. I carry people through hard times and thought they were my friends, but they only stayed close to me because it was the trend. And when I'm gone, no one will miss me. A few years will go by, important people will die, and y'all will forget me. I hope the children will be all right without a proper guide. To all my loved ones and followers, peace out, at least I try. I ain't what I used to be, so don't shed a tear from your windows. I died a long time ago, this just makes it official. I ain't what I used to be, so don't shed a tear from your windows. I died a long time ago, this just makes it all official. hip-hop, being of sound mind and body, hereby request that my few prized possessions go to the following. Swallowing the facts, so maybe whack by the track, still beauty stands from stained hands and knapsacks filled with aerosol cans and fat caps. My abstract artistic energy must continue to influence and embody the caps that are dedicated to ruining white walls with creative strokes of imagination in the paint. Splash. I leave all my physical strength to the guardians of the floor. With their arms locked in the beat voice dance, enhancing the culture to a more ultra-advanced acrobatical expression. Yes, indeed, when I leave, my presence will exist in the styles of the few true, but who knew smiles would persist with the changing mood. I leave my mood to the musicians, turntablists, and wicked wizards of needle, the dusty sample, intangible vibe-setting rhythm scientists. It's my verbal aspect of me that goes to those rising from vocalizing, poetical hybrids of life and excitement, language of the tongue. I offer all my offsprings the official missile towards society, the gift of words will come and get you soon. Yes, that's the gift of words, come and get you soon. My positivity, creativity, originality, and history should be spread equally over all the heads mentioned above. Along with my many styles, aggression, knowledge, evolution, solution, revolution, tolerance, and love. I decided to take destiny, get into my own handiwork. A manic search for worth among the fans who purchased this. Commodity commodities made to appear normal. In fact, my weird side is intact. The impact the storm clouds formed under my ceiling fan. A feeling bland or hard to ignore, martyr to war. By the time you hear this, CYE will be manifested on the MIC. And what I used to be, cause I was angry as fuck No matter what I did, I thought that it was never enough And then when someone did, found a stubborn little kid Surrounded by my favorite albums, now I'm out there with it And the fact that even mentioned me, hit me with intensity What it meant to me for him to recognize that my propensity For I would find your head is rolling when you play it back Until the final credits roll and then we all fade to black It only took me a second to realize you were on the next page But you kept me reading anyway Started making me believe in every word that I would say What a habit worth sharing, you let me know I'd be okay Around you, wipe the tears from this clown. Pull me safely underground before the demons took me down. I was found inside your sound. Your idea's still around. The gift of river, but won't ever let us drown. Used to be on the mission.
show was spit and written to end an MC's existence for using a microphone poorly. Now I don't believe it should matter who's a good rapper. Better be good a good human rapper to write your own story. Who cares who this brother raps better than? Talent like his won't be seen again like another black president. Vital art and wisdom from a quite classy poet. Hell, outlive this life as we know.